0: This is something that occurred to me the other day. If you're a Catholic and at the same time, you're a vegetarian, how do you approach the Eucharist? <laughs> no wine and no bread, I guess, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mean vegan? Well, or vegetarian. I mean, eating people is probably just meat. And because the the, the bread and the, the wine are the body of Christ. Oh, that's this why. Is... right. But they're not. Well, depends on who you talk to. I mean, I'm sure that has come up in the last 20 years. I wonder what the priest says.
1: I would think the vegetarian makes exception and
0: say, like, I will eat this bread.
2: Ooh. I will eat this. I will be a cannibal, but I will not. Not animals.
0: Yeah. So you'll eat people, but not cows. Well,
1: person. I guess it is only one person. Well, three people, right? The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So now you're eating three people. It gets real complicated.
0: Well, the Holy Spirit, maybe, you know, maybe that's not meat. I don't know. Is the Holy Spirit meat? (laughs) That's a whole, that'd be a whole other conversation, I think. We need to have a priest on this show. We need the Holy Spirit on the show. Get them down here. It's the Holy Spirit meat. <laughs> All right, welcome to Lamayac, everybody. This is Let Me Ask You a Question. The podcast. We are back again, Family Style with ej 5000 Hey
1: everybody, sorry I wasn't here last week. I was I was
0: uh washing my hair as you guys so <laughs> so gracefully really pointed out. Yeah, you blew us off. <laughs> and the Gregoman. Hey everybody. I'm gonna try to bring the energy because these guys don't have any. <laughs> I'm a little slow today. Yeah, I will. I will admit it. I'm just a little logy. I ate a lot of Chinese food before this, which was not <laughs> the best idea.
1: I I thankfully got my second vax. I'm in the DMV, Greater Virginia, DC area. Got my second vaccine. If you guys haven't got it yet, sign up. It's awesome. Suck that air in. Yeah, it is. So I am feeling. Uh, I am feeling the. I had it this morning. Feeling a little groggy, but. It's awesome.
0: Worth it. Would you go in a COVID den?
1: What's, what is that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like if you knew, if would you go into a place where there was, it's only COVID people now.
1: Because like a crack den is where you go to smoke crack. So a COVID <laughs> den could be a place where I go to get my vaccine, which is where I, I went to,
0: <laughs> I guess. I used to be very paranoid about, and I still am to a certain extent, about disease. And I was a hypochondriac. But I've been feeling very safe from this vaccine i
2: don't want to ruin you then but you know that doesn't mean just because you have the vaccine doesn't mean you can't get covid i know i'm just
0: starting to feel i'm i asked this because i'm yeah i'm trying to disabuse myself (laughs) of this feeling like i'm starting to feel invincible
2: you know you can absolutely get it it's just a much higher likelihood that you will not be in those bad stats of terribleness and hospitalization and everything else
0: we all need to go to a covid den I'm going to stay away from the COVID den. We'll show. We will be the
2: people that prove once and for all how effective these are. I'll still walk into a restaurant here in Texas and be like, you know what? I'm vaccinated, but I I don't need need to put myself in this. Oh, yeah. Those are all COVID dens (laughs) down there.
0: They kind of are. (laughs) Well, I'm so happy. I'm glad that we are all vaxxed and, and living it up now. Yeah. Now that the doors have been thrown open wide again and there's already amazing arguments in the grocery store about masks and non-masks. It's it's a fun time to be alive. Well, I have prepared a question. And uh, I mean, not that most of them aren't, but this this is a dumb question, I think. But it's something that has been sticking in my craw lately. I was reading a book the other day, nonfiction. And the thing I started to wonder is every time I came across an adjective, in the nonfiction book, it made me question whether the book was fiction or not. And so my question is, if you start throwing around adjectives in a book of nonfiction, does it become fiction or more fictional? Hmm.
1: The word throwing around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. How how much like willy nilly? (laughs) Yeah, how much, yeah, are we doing willy-nilly? Nilly, willy, willy, nilly? How how willy-nilly are we throwing around these adjectives? Because, of course.
0: <laughs> there was a great big shiny bullet shot into the head of Abraham Lincoln. Exactly. <laughs> it, was a, it was a beautiful bullet. <laughs> uh, it wasn't that bad, but it just started to occur to me, though, that any use of an adjective does kind of make it not objective anymore well not any
2: use i mean not if it's factually
0: okay so hit me with like the thing that will make me sleep at night again because it's been bad (laughs) (laughs) here's one the house was blue okay was the house blue
1: yes Factual. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. You're saying like these big colorful things. Yes. Yeah. Even more so. Perhaps adverbs, even. Things that describe an action in a way that they don't
0: need to be described. Right, right, right. Yes. I think I think, yeah, there's definitely a scale of egregiousness. But (laughs) I, I I can't I mean, now every time I'm reading any kind of nonfiction or any kind of any kind of journalism, but of course journalism I think is more readily maybe on the scale of fiction in some ways because of the, how loaded it is with opinion. The whole narrative nonfiction thing is really interesting because, you know, a lot of the books that people
1: like to read that are nonfiction are presented as a story, which is just very bizarre to me. And I get it. Cause like sometimes it's like nonfiction can be very dry. So you're just like telling a story, but it's facts and they tell it almost from a third slash fourth person point of view where like a lot of these new historical fictions are first person. and Oh, right. And and that's a whole weird thing. So oh, it's
0: a whole genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So definitely in those instances, it feels very inauthentic where it's like, is this is this real? How much liberty are you taking? You weren't there. So...
0: Right. Well, it's definitely super entertaining, but it's hard to read those books and be like, ah, uh, this is how it went down.
1: Yeah, I, for me as well. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure there are people that can fall for that nonsense but (laughs) i'm always like
0: no yeah i mean i'm sure there's people that only get their history from things like that because it is super entertaining
1: yeah there's nothing wrong with it like however you ingest stuff it's it's better to know how you will uh ingest information instead of like forcing yourself to read the same page 12 times or something that you just do not get
0: yeah i mean there's a couple different ways we could go we can go with this but how dry should it be then like how much can you get away with it And it's still nonfiction because you could even argue, you could even argue that something like blue does have a certain subjectivity to it in so much as there has been, there have been studies done in which you show a set of colors to people that grow up speaking different languages and particularly from, from different tribal cultures. This is like an ethnography kind of thing. And they won't be able to kind of distinguish how we, Picture color in English speakers or Western cultural speakers, you know, uh, people that have language in like European language or, or English, or you know, I don't know what the actual all the distinctions are, but they do exist.
1: Even inversely, too. I know there's like you're saying some certain uh, cultures that have a hundred shades of white, yeah, but might only have one shade of a different
0: different color, right? So yeah, so even color could actually be slippery.
1: Yeah, and like. The ball went fast. Yeah, right. What is fast to who? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah,
0: like now I can't, I can't unsee it. Now that I'm starting to think this way, I feel like nonfiction books or books that dance around as nonfiction are loaded with fictional stuff. We need like super specifics. Like
1: the coach was Pantone hashtag eight h 4 it was thirty seven and a half inches, <laughs> you know you like, oh okay, that's that's painting a
0: picture <laughs> <laughs> that's painting a picture <laughs> yeah like i i'm I'm sure there are people that really get off on being, like i that they they find it important to be that dry, like to I think that's a very scientific or how we would picture scientific.
2: And you never hear about those people because nobody reads their books and nobody gives a shit. That's that's. I'm sure that's true. I don't want to spend the amount of time, if not more, looking up the reference ID to the Pantone hashtag, whatever EJ just said. <laughs> because I'm that guy who's like, oh, I got now that they said it like that and it's that specific, I need to go look at what that looks like so <laughs> I can visualize it myself. I'm never going to read a book like that. <laughs> Ever. Are you a historical fiction man? I mean, I guess so. I, I was just thinking that you now need like the, the the movie stamp on all of yours where it's based on instead of <laughs> calling it nonfiction. Yeah. Right. I like that. Based on reality. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: that actually seems <laughs> the appropriate way to describe nonfiction if it contains adjectives or if it contains any descriptors that that are not think not events that have not been documented conceptualized once they're conceptualized then they're no longer objective i think that's the problem
1: yeah there's there's a lot of play in those details especially within our language the english language where you know, a 12-gallon hat, is it exactly 12 gallons? Like, you know, <laughs> Let me try that like, hat on. I got 12 <laughs> gallons
0: of barbecue sauce right here. Give me that hat.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there's still a lot of, of imagination involved within the, the nonfiction with a lot of these details when it comes to language, you know, and then you, should, you can show a photograph. And that, that meets you halfway, you know, uh, some yeah. some works have photographs, but I know we're talking about novels here, so it's a little different. But absolutely, I'm with you. It, it, it can be uh, a little dubious once you start getting
0: all flowery with your language there. Yeah. So how, what is the right balance? How do you know, when do you read a book and go, oh, this is this is just fiction or this needs the stamp that we were talking about? <laughs> like, when do you, when do
2: you. Based in reality yeah, stamp. Yeah.
0: Like, how how much can you do it? before you start scratching your head
2: nonfiction parentheses slightly fluffed (laughs) (laughs) because i mean that's what it is they're just giving you a little fluff
0: yeah they are i mean that's exactly it if you have
1: to use the word really before any adjective then definitely gets a stamp Really big, really red, really fast
0: Really shiny bullet (laughs) you getting two stamps Really should never be used Oh man, that's fantastic Alright, let's take a little break We will be right back Really right back Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had a really good break. (laughs) (laughs) To dive back into this. Okay, so this is... This was the beginning of the problem. (laughs) The beginning of the problem was the adjective thing. But this is why I don't sleep at night anymore. It's because I started thinking about how... How we conceive of things that happen generally. And so... The, my next part of this question then would be, like, events happen. Like, say I get hit by a bus, right? And that's just an event. But in order for it to become history, you have to think about it in some way. So that's why I think you start getting adjectives. Like, every time somebody tries to write nonfiction, they can't escape how they think about the event they're writing about. So it is fictional. Fictional. In a certain sense, because history always happens in the future; it doesn't happen at the same time. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I like I like where you're going with that.
1: Yeah, that's a, a nice sentiment.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you do you agree? Is that true, or am
1: I nuts? I think when you're reimagining it, yes, you know, because memory and thought is a very uh, non-tactile, lucid kind of thing. But there's certainly physical media of things now so we can look at it and see it and know that there was measurements and things of that sort. But even when we watch something or look at the measurements, we still are interpreting that information.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't don't disagree
1: with the sentiment in in, in totality, but it is a little... uh... I
0: mean, it just gets weird. It just makes everything weird. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think that's the problem.
1: I went to think... Well, because you said there is no history without the interpretation. So, I mean, there's certainly... The, the idea of, like, history exists without anybody seeing it, too. If the tree falls in the forest, it's still history, whether anybody
0: saw it. But our interpretation of said history certainly is... is. Uh, Wait, but if a tree falls in the wood, it might not be history, because history is a concept that's unique to humans. So it's, it's not history.
1: Isn't history just everything that's been?
0: Like, what what would be that... What would be the word for that, if not history? I think a tree might fall in the woods, and I think that might be an event, but I wouldn't call it history. But it's not even an event, because still we have to borrow from like human stuff. That's human ways of conceiving of things.
1: Well, because there's people that are out there right now who are catching nematodes out in a pond, and they're measuring them, they're cataloging them, and there's something to that. That's that's not an event any more than it is not history. You know, like that's a thing that is happening and that merely being written down means that it's factual and we now have a representation in writing of the fact that this thing existed. Yeah, I mean, there's there's cataloging for sure. But there's no story there, so does that not count as history?
0: Yeah, that's the, I think that's part of the yeah the problem is like where
1: so your definition of history for this exploration that we're talking about is
0: once
2: you add any kind of interpretation, I think then it becomes history. Then I need like a, I need something then like because now I feel like then everything is fiction. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I can't sleep anymore because like every <laughs> because like everything that's written is an interpretation. Like history in it itself is is an interpretation. Correct unless you were there and even if you were there like you said you're interpreting what you're seeing yes so unless someone is documenting exactly what they're doing until they're dead and then you get to read that yeah but even that's their interpretation that's, yeah this is the
0: problem like <laughs> even anybody that like knew one of us or something you know to remember us is always going to be only to misremember us
1: or or yeah, or maybe not so dark to say misremember, but to remember through a different lens.
0: Well, they'll remember you how they remember you. Yes. But is that is that is that A equals A with who we were? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, and what's that uh that wonderful quote about uh history and war? Oh like the victors write history or something like that? Like is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, something along those lines. I think we're both getting it a little bit wrong yeah, there. But yeah. yeah so the, the the idea that like Histories are rewritten by people who just interpret them how they want them to be, and it's so interesting now that you know you have archaeologists who like uncover something, and then they like you we we learned that our history was wrong, and we're like, well, actually, what we thought about that thing, which we all believed to be proof because it was written down in history, is actually not the correct interpretation of the facts that we had written down. So it turns out that the nematode guy that was measuring <laughs> his ruler was one inch short. And so
0: all those nematodes are actually one inch longer than we thought. Right. And shit like that happens all the time.
2: My favorite dinosaur doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, right. Well, not one of my favorites. The Brontosaurus, in case anybody was wondering.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the Brontosaurus too. I was always a fan. The Brontosaurus seems like such a gentle giant. Not real. I know, not real. Not real. Yeah.
2: Because they put the fucking wrong head on it, assholes.
0: <laughs> you know, that's good, they're going to do that with us in a few <laughs> Probably a few decades, unfortunately, the way things are going. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Then one of them will like write history and then- We'll just never exist. We're going to be such clowns in that book. We're going to be a hilarious fiction. Yeah, we are going to be a hilarious fiction, just like all the rest of history.
1: Well, this is, and this is like an interesting way of thinking. And I think a lot of people, to be a little political and very current, are thinking like you, where it's like, I don't know what to believe no more. Right. And so it can get very dicey where Well that's and that's true. And I don't disagree with what you're saying of course, but there has to be at least in your heart a consensus that like you're going to have to either be on board with what the the uh
2: historians are saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what historians with the people that we trust to have information are saying because if we're talking about history, we we want if we want to go crazy, we could talk about maths we could talk about science like right. how do I know that the periodic table isn't just an interpretation or how do I know that 2 plus
0: 2 really equals 4 Well, we love trotting this kind of thing out on, you know, in, in the podcast. But uh Yeah. You know, but it could be that like those things are interpretations in a certain sense.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And so uh yeah, where is that? Adjectives are dumb, man. I think they're really dumb.
2: <laughs> Let's just blame adjectives. I don't just blame adjectives though. Now I'm I'm in blaming interpretation. Yeah.
0: But that's all we can do. I mean, we can never escape
2: that. But then like EJ said, then you have to just accept it. That's how you need to sleep at night. You need to accept that the, the whole of this idea is correct even if there are adjectives that I think are making it right, defunct, but they're not. Yeah, you just have to right. You just have to get over it. At some point,
1: or don't, or don't, yeah, right. That was Descartes, right? I think, therefore, I am. That's like that's that whole greater idea where it's like my reality is my reality, you know. So it's a tricky road to to go down. And once you, <laughs> once you're uh, existentially thinking, yeah, it could be a scary, scary place. Your own mind and in your interpretation.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Descartes was even wrong because <laughs> to say I, who is like, if you're going to go linguistic. I is tenuous. I is more tenuous than he thought. Like the very pronoun I, it doesn't actually represent anything at all. It's already a borrowed thing from this world of symbols that don't have any correlation to reality. So the problem goes like even deeper than Descartes.
1: The self. I mean, I think it's implied that he was talking about
0: however we interpret ourselves. Yeah, but I think he thought the I was more concrete than I think we think of it now. Mm. I think mm. that would be my thought there. That's all. I think
1: that's a whole other episode is what the eye actually is. Yeah. I mean, we talked yeah. about the mask thing, but I
0: think that this is deeper than that idea where. Yeah. Like it's hard to go beyond it just being a pronoun. It's just another symbol in the world of symbols.
2: And I'm also pretty sure we had an episode about this, but this makes me happier that I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to not sleep at night because I can't understand if nonfiction is actually nonfiction. <laughs>
0: Well, the weird thing, I think, okay, to get back to the initial question, because we are far afield now, uh, the main, to, to get back to the fiction versus nonfiction thing, weirdly, my little two cents at the end is I wonder if fiction, I wonder if fiction is more nonfiction than nonfiction, because fiction is making no bones about the fact that this is a subjective point of view, whereas nonfiction dances around in the clothes of reality
1: well we got to bring it back to what we do best on this show and that's percentages yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah hit me with the percentage break it down well you see whenever we're reading a piece of fiction right yep a hundred percent is made up in your brain right yep okay it's a hundred percent interpretation When we're reading nonfiction, 92.38 <laughs> percent made up by your brain See, we know that these things actually happened. Unless we've seen photographs, then that percentage changes, of course, because we're imagining the characters from said photograph. But if you have no photo reference or video reference, you're making it all up just as you're reading
0: it. So that's mostly made up shit. Okay, but here's the thing, because you're saying, okay, so let me make sure I'm I'm getting what you're saying correctly, because when we're reading. Don't worry, I 100 percent want to make sure you're really, really clear on this. I want to be really clear. So when you're reading fiction, we know it's 100 percent made up. Right. 100%. I mean, it's a it's a narrative story. Okay.
1: Well, 99.9, the words are really interpreted. Like I'm reading these yeah.
0: words which are culturally accepted as words, but yes. Okay. Okay. The words themselves are, are real because they exist within, like, they exist in a world of metaphors of infinitely exchangeable words. Okay. In our current history. Yes. I hate you guys. But when you're reading nonfiction, you are saying that there's a certain percent because we are really into percentages that's right that is going to be events that actually happen so it's a little bit more real than pure fiction is that what you're saying
1: like when i'm reading about the bombing of pearl harbor and i read that the airplane swooped down and bombed at a 30 feet yeah I can imagine that, but of the detail, I don't know how every wave was, but I'm going to picture how every wave was. And it might be a little bit inaccurate from how those <laughs> waves were. I'm going to picture that submarine. Even if I've seen a picture of it, it's going to be a little different. Okay. Okay. So based upon these things, so that's where
0: our 93.38% comes in. 9238 <laughs> Okay, but okay. So my my problem here, my problem here is I mean I agree with that, but the problem I have between nonfiction and fiction is that nonfiction, by what we seem to be saying, is fiction, but I don't like it because it's lying. It's dancing around saying that it's it's one hundred percent nonfiction. It's not lying. It's leading. It's leading you to imagine
1: what it would have been like. Which isn't a lie, because even if it was fiction, you're still imagining. So maybe it's more real than not real because of the very fiction that it's purporting.
2: I don't know. I'd also say that the definition of nonfiction says it's writing that is Based on facts, real events, and real people.
1: Oh! So it's only our interpretation of the word nonfiction that leads us to believe it was a lie.
2: Okay. So it is admitting in itself, it is not like it's, I'm telling you 100% that this is how it happened, and then that, that bullet that went through Lincoln's brain was in fact shiny. That is that is the added, but that that is based on the fact that a bullet went through Lincoln's head. Oh, Gregor, man, you just you changed everything. I didn't realize that it was so honest about itself. Uh, when you guys were chatting, going back and forth before, I I pulled up fiction, nonfiction, tried to see if there was anything that fell in the middle. Ah, uh,
1: yes, but Gregor, man, that's only Webster's interpretation
0: of what the definition, of <laughs>
2: yeah, imagined yeah, yeah. <laughs> usage of
1: the word
0: historically is. For nonfiction, <laughs> who knew this whole episode can be shitcan now? Because it turns out nonfiction actually doesn't claim to be nonfiction. It's a very misleading
2: title, though, to say nonfiction. It does claim to be nonfiction. It's just nonfiction and within the definition they are giving themselves the grace that you're looking for yes. with the use of adjectives and
0: adverbs. They're saying nonfiction is also fiction. They just needed to have a different part of the library. <laughs> No. <laughs> By the very nature of the word,
1: too, they're like, we could call it something completely different. But instead, we're like, we got fake and then we got not so fake. Yes. Like why, why not call it why not <laughs> yeah. call it something different? Yes. And that means that somebody somewhere was like, OK, we got these fake books. We also have not fake. Like, how come real books weren't first? How come we have fiction and nonfiction, not like truth and made up? Like, how could I, I I, that always bewildered me? It's really odd. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Curious. (laughs) Should just be fantasy and reality, maybe. But they're all the same. But they're not, Anthony. It's based in something. Fantasy is based in nothing except the creator's brain and your interpretation. Reality is based on an event that we know to be true. Right, but once it goes through the sieve of your mind, you add your fantasy to it.
0: Yeah, I do. That's the problem.
2: That's fine, but it's still based in it, which makes it nonfiction. But that goes back to EJ's. Why is that the not? <laughs> I don't know. So it should almost be truth and non-truth, or something along those lines, is what EJ's trying to say.
1: Almost truth, almost. and then definitely not truth. Yeah, it
0: should be. It would be more like non non-truth and a little less non-truth. That would be the categories. <laughs>
1: Completely made up, and we kind of we we were thinking
0: about something.
2: But see, and that's what I was saying is that these words should just go away completely. Fiction and nonfiction just shouldn't exist.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't like them either. All right, we agree on that. <laughs> this is good. All right, this is a good ending of Let me ask you a question. Ninety-two point three eight percent. We uh, dial in at nine two nine three five two six one seven three. Let us know what you think about nonfiction or fiction. Let us know what you really think about it. Yeah, tell us what you really think. You really want to know? Really, really. <laughs> And then send us an email, let me ask you a question podcast at gmail.com or find us on the Insta or Twitter at LamayakPod. Also on the Reddit there. Mm-hmm. That's L M A Y A Q Pod. <laughs> it's so hard. It is so <laughs> it's really, really hard. It's one of those things you had it down really well in the
1: beginning and now you have a really, really hard time. <laughs> Uh, har is objective though, <laughs> or subjective,
0: I guess, in this case. You gotta put more really in. Edit in more really's right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right, and then you can go to Muta TV and you can buy all the swag. You can listen to the other podcasts. We got the Derek D. Dozen, we got White Wasabi, we got Kyle Mocha won't shut up. And you can also go to Reddit. There's a subreddit for us.
2: There's also a TikTok that exists. It is out there. Actually, I should check if we have any followers. There you go. Because then they made a liar out of me If I, if I, uh, on my declaration a couple of episodes ago. We're all liars, Greg. We can't get out of the circle.
1: <laughs> I, I'm also kind of excited to announce, uh, I know Kyle Mocha Won't Shut Up is coming back for their last season, and uh, he'll be doing much more video stuff, but look for the new season and that coming out soon if you're listening to our episode at the current time. And also, Derek D. Dozen has had quite a hiatus, but he's going to be having three episodes coming out pretty soon, so he's going to be dropping some new ones, so if you haven't listened to those podcasts yet maybe now's a good time and again the easiest way to do that is go over to the website moot.tv scroll it's a really simple site just click on something there or add it to your favorite podcast aggregator we're on stitcher spotify itunes all the other ones you can even go to a truck stop and pick us up on scb radio while you're getting a lot lizard it's awesome. <laughs>
0: And uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to Let Me Ask You a Question, a podcast that is based on reality. Mood.TV There was a great big shiny bullet shot into the head of Abraham Lincoln. Really shiny bullet. (laughs) It's a fun time to be alive.